0: couple of places in scripture I want to go to, but I'd like to start with something a little bit hilarious so you guys can feel light and break the ice a little bit. There was a, <clears throat> there was a man that wanted to get his wife a very special gift, and, um, and she was telling him some things that he needed, and and he had been faithful to the Lord, and so he was thinking about, maybe I would take her to Hawaii. We would go to Hawaii, but he didn't like to fly at all. He hated flying, so the Lord met him in prayer one morning and said, you've been a faithful servant. I'm going to grant you one wish. And he goes, I would like a bridge from here, from the West Coast to Hawaii so I can take my wife on a wonderful vacation in Hawaii. And the Lord said, that's impossible. Do you know what the dynamics of that is and the physics and the the, the amount of labor and the amount of materials that would take? That's, you're going to have to rethink this and, think, and have another wish. And he goes, okay, well... My wife says I'm insensitive sometimes, so I would like to know how she thinks, how her mind works, and how to be a, a better husband and not be so insensitive, and think of all the ways that she's thinking so that I can know how to be a good husband. And the Lord answers back, would you like two lanes or four? On that bridge. <laughs> oh, no. I'm already in trouble with this message. I can see that right now. No, I, I, I really want to talk to you for a minute about something that's very crucial in our lives and that is the words that we speak. How many know that word becomes flesh? And so we're going to look at that passage right now. John 1, St. John 1 chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God and all things that were made by him and without him was nothing. All things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and, life and, that, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That's what we're sent to do, amen? We are not the light, but we're sent to speak of Jesus Christ that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not how tragic but thank God he went to the Gentiles because we are allowed to be saved amen but as many as received him to him gave him to him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even even to them that believe on his name which were born not of the blood nor of the will of the flesh nor the will of men but of god we're born of god amen and last couple verses and the word was made flesh and dwelt among them and we beheld the glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and someone said amen the reading of the word amen let's let's pray today lord help us to handle the word and deal with the situation that may be in our hearts and our minds that we're focusing on right now God, that we really need to, to give the best word to it because we want it to be a better situation than it is right now. Many of us can think of situations we're in that need crucial conversations right now that are emotion driven, that are that are that are dealing with uh, difficult situations, difficult circumstances, and we need right now from to hear from you, Lord Jesus, so we can say the right things and do the right things. I pray in Jesus' name you'd help us in this word and help us understand what you want us to do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I'm reading a book right now called Crucial Conversations, and it links everything we have in our life to what we say and what we do. Because thought becomes words, and words become actions. And so... As I was praying over this message, I really felt strongly the Lord tell me to tell this church today, if you will sow it in words, God will harvest it in your reality. If you will sow it in words, God will bring it to pass for you. That God's promises, his words never fall short. In fact, the Bible says his word is forever settled in heaven. We just have to make sure it's settled on the earth. We have to live the word of God in a way that becomes our lifestyle, our thinking, our actions. And so what you are saying is what you are sowing. Word is a seed, and so what you say becomes your reality. And so I wonder what seeds are you sowing today? When it comes to crucial conversations, I, I found out a few things, and it's interesting that the statistics can be somewhat off, but the statistic that I pulled is that I, the average person spends one-fifth of his or her life talking. I, I, I don't know if that's more or less for female or male. I really don't know what that is, but it seems my wife likes to talk a lot, and she tells me a lot of things, and I process them, and, and I think that... In the, in the course of things here, we see that they say, as they calculated this out, that if you were to take all of the words that were put into print that you say each day, the result would be that a single day would produce a 50-page book. Amen? So I won't stay on the gender aspect of it because I know that Women obviously have more words than men. They've done the statistical studies. They know the science. They realize that women have thousands of words more than men do. Men get to about 1,500 words, and they're done for the day. And so that's why when men come home from work or whatever they're doing, they tend to want to just be quiet, sit, maybe even ruminate a little bit about what went on that day at work or in their job or in the situations that they're having to uh, deal with at, at the job. And then, of course, there are those that have more words than others, just by personality type. Their personality type—they're a talker. They're an outward processor. They process their life out here in words before they make decisions on things. But the interesting thing is, in every year, in every year's time, the average person's words—this is just average—words would fill 132 books if each page had 200 words on it. You're writing a whole lot of books with your words, amen. And so we find out that in Scripture that the Word of God was in the beginning. And the Word in John 1 and 1, that that word there is a Greek word called logos, which means the thought or intent or the plan of God. And logos is where we find that God had a plan in the beginning. In the beginning was the plan or the Word. And the Word was with God because where would a plan be outside of the person who is thinking of that plan. If you make a plan, sit down, write out a plan, it's gonna be with you, all right? It's your plan. So of course, it is with God, and the Word was God. In other words, he's saying the Word, the plan, the logos, the plan of God, was going to become come into fruition through Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was gonna be sent into the earth, and that, that sending was actually the plan of God being established in the earth. And the same was in the beginning with God. In other words, he's saying all of this was, was of God and in and was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him who is it talking about is talking about God making all things but he did it through Jesus Christ amen someone yeah. And without him was nothing or anything made that was made. In other words, all things were made through the spoken word. The word then became flesh. And so when we see Jesus Christ walking the earth, we see Jesus Christ as God's perfect begotten son in the sense that he was the begotten son unto life. He was the one who made all things and accomplished all things. And in him was life. So the scripture says in verse four, in him was life and the life was the the light of man. If you've ever felt in darkness, if you've ever felt a place where you feel like you're distant from God or you cannot sense God, all you need to do is reach toward Jesus. Amen, somebody. All you need to do is reach toward Him. If, if it's just, you know, the worst mistake the enemy could ever make is let you pray again because those words have power. In fact, we have a couple of scriptures here that we can walk through in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. If you could just get a prayer on your lips, that changes everything. I, I wish I had a church today, man. That change is everything. And so Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. Look at this scripture. Death, in fact I would recommend you memorize this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, what you say in a crucial meeting at work, it matters. What you say when you don't feel good matters. What you say when your self-esteem is la- talking louder down negatively to you or when you have a low self-esteem and what comes out your word and In in your words or in in those moments, that matters because the power of life and death is in the tongue. In fact we see with Cain and Abel whenever there was a an opportunity for things to take place in their life, that, that the power of the word was was in effect. And whenever they brought their sacrifices to God, God even said, Cain, why, why are you upset if you would do good? In other words, if you obey my word, you would be accepted as well. But Cain looked at this brother and saw and got jealous about it. And then we have the first murder in scripture because of a man who wouldn't obey the word of God. Everyone say the word of God. It's not that you have been condemned because of the fact that God does not like you or God does not want you or God does not have a propitiation for the sin that's in your life. It's a matter of whether you obey the word of God because his word is what brings you to salvation. Faith through Jesus Christ is obviously the pathway or the mode, the, the mode in which we come to the Lord and, and we come to God for all things are purchased by him through his sacrifice. And so if you understand that your words are powerful and your words can give life, you can speak life to something that's trying to die in your life. You can speak life to a relationship that's trying to fall apart. You can have a crucial conversation influenced by the Holy Spirit. And you can step into a situation far beyond your emotional caliber, far beyond your knowledge, your pedigree. And you can say, I don't know all the things I may need to know but i believe god can work out a situation god can step in whenever i don't have everything i need when i come to lack there is a god who has no lack he is immeasurable you can't put big on him cuz that's a measurement of who he is he is without measure he is a god who gives you everything you need in the moments you need it or else he would not be god and if he was a god who had not given life through jesus christ that we wouldn't have the model of life speaking because the word was made flesh in verse 14. And we were made in the image of God. How many have read that scripture? And in his likeness. In other words, we're not only made in the image of God, but we're made to create things. We're made to speak things into existence. So you have to come out of your situation with your tongue. You have to speak your way out. And it seems like it's a little contrite because it's like, well, I, I don't have a nice car right now or I don't have the kind of position I like in work or I don't, I don't have the ministry or the or the, the kind of um, Bible study that I want to have with my neighbor or my friend. If you just begin to pray those prayers, you begin to say those things, you will begin to, in, to generate a focus Focus in your mind. Faith is what focuses us. And when you begin to speak it in faith, believing, you start to create your own channel in which God can open doors because you begin to look for what you're saying. You begin to look for what you are proclaiming and that God promises that if we will proclaim it in faith, believing, that he will answer. If you ask anything in his name, the scripture says, he is faithful to do it. I'm thankful that I have the power of the name on my lips when I need it, amen? So uh, the story I wanted to tell you is about my wife my my mother and I and my brother and and my mom, she was actually struggling at the time, and we were living with my grandparents on the Oregon coast, and my grandfather had a fishing camp, and um, it was it's just a really great upbringing. Uh, for that one year, I got to take boats out and fish and all this stuff, and my mom said, we're going to go back to Alaska. And I was like, I don't want to go back to Alaska at the moment. And then I began to think about it, and I was like, oh man, Alaska's amazing. So we get in this little, this orange, I think it was an 85 Chevy Chevy truck, and we head toward Alaska with all of our earthly belongings in the back, and on the way there, we had uh, we had been talking about what's going to happen in Alaska. My mom's telling me we're going to live in our grandparents' house that's up there, and we had plans. We had all these plans set aside, and we're coming off, you know, out of this rest stop, and my brother had been laying on the floor sleeping, and I've been laying on the one of those. It's just a one big bucket seat inside this truck, and my mom goes, "I, I need you guys to get up." I'm like, "It's it's." Maybe 11 a.m. It's, it's morning. We're still kind of laying around. She goes, I need you guys to get up. I feel very impressed to get you guys up. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I need you guys to get in your seatbelts. This is before there were seatbelt laws, okay? So I'm dating myself a little bit. And she goes, I need you guys to get in your seatbelts. And I'm like, okay. So we seatbelted in, and I was banging on the on the dash with my drumsticks, and I pulled a visor down to be my symbol. Yeah. I was awesome back then, okay? I'm, just, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. But I I was playing on the drums. I was playing the dashboard, and and we came over this hill, and the hill went down into a, like a one-lane wood bridge. And it really wasn't a true one lane. It, there was enough room, but it, it, it was wet, and it panicked my mom as she was driving, and she got nervous, so she sped up to get through the bridge because of the oncoming traffic. And when she sped up, the vehicle spun out, and so we went left, we went right, and then we went across before the traffic even got to us and went into the ditch and then turned on our side. And I remember looking up and seeing my mom, but before that happened, I remember my mom just yelling Jesus because that's all she had left to do. She was at the point where she needed a word of faith because she didn't know what to do at that moment. And she knew the power of the name of Jesus. So she yelled out, Jesus. That's all she could do, just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we went into the ditch, and we didn't roll several times, but we just, because of the way we went into the ditch, we hit a culvert on a road and then laid up onto the road. And I remember reaching past my brother and just putting my hand on the window, and we were all in our seatbelts because my mom had... An inkling that she had a word from God. She had some sort of, uh, you know, you know how it is when if you feel God impress you with something. That's like a word from God. He impresses your thoughts, and if and if you'll act on those things, God will make it come to fruition. And so we had this protection. As I reach over and I'm holding myself up, I look up. And my mom's hanging from her seatbelt, and the window just shatters, and 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 the cat goes flying. <laughs> The only thing the cat found was my thumb, and so it put a scar on me for the rest of my life because it found one nail, and ended up all the way up underneath the seat with that one nail. Thank you very much. But anyways, I digress. But the story tells you that even though my mother didn't know what to do, she began to pray. And there was a police officer that was going a different direction home, and God said, hey... Turn around and go the other way. And he pulled up on our accident within seconds. And he got out and began to direct traffic and get us in. in, in And I was bleeding all over the place. So he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, it was the cat. I still don't like cats to this day. Just telling you. And he's like he's like, But you're all right. I'm like, Yeah, everything's good. The cat's good, mom's good, Wesley was good, we would have all crushed him, and and so we get out of the car, we're all better, and we're looking at everything and we're like, Oh, my bike's destroyed, and you know, it's just one of those things. And the farthest thing thrown, I've told you some of you already, was a pickle jar, completely intact, all the pickles, it just flew all the way over into the cow pasture. We found it, had pickles later, we just laughed about it. But anyways, so the story goes that As this man is helping us out, he goes, don't worry about a thing. I know my church will help you. And he called... His church, and they put us up for a week while they repaired the underparts of the, the drive train of our truck. And they put us back on the road and they built a, a wood box for the back of the truck and shoved all of our earthly possessions back in the truck and put us back on the road. And yes, we made it to Alaska. And yes, we got through a lot of hard things. But I'll tell you what, when we got the bill, we were thinking, wow, this is $1,500. What are we gonna do with this? And the family that we were staying with, they said, I'd like for you to give that to us. They took care of the expenses, they took care of the repairs, they took care of everything to get us restored and back on the road, and when we asked, we called back and we asked about that officer, they said, we don't even have an officer by that name, we don't have anybody by that name, and they said, well, can you search around at other precincts, and they went around and they said, we don't, there's no one that has uh, jurisdiction in this area with a police car that looks like that, and I don't, I'm not a spooky person, but in every picture that we have from the accident, you only see him looking away. You can never get a picture truly of him. And, and my mother went back to, and, and checked on several things and she said, I believe maybe that was an angel from the Lord. We don't even know what would happen, but she called on the name of Jesus and there was help there. That's all I know. That's the, that's the facts, is Help showed up and paid for things we couldn't pay for. Helped us get where we needed to go. And that's what God will do for you. I put this story in this sermon to tell you. You don't have to know everything. Just put the name of Jesus on your lips and speak Speak a word of life and say God I need you right now I need you in this conversation I need you in this dialogue I need you in my dilemma and God will step in. I promise you he will because he does it so many times. Proverbs 18.21 we hit that the words can lead to life or death and what kind of words are they talking about obviously we understand that we can speak words that can destroy and we don't want to do that We don't want to speak words that can destroy. Proverbs 12, 22 gives us the specifics. The Lord detests lying lips. These are words that bring death. But he delights in men who are truthful. Of course, we have the King James up. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal truly are his delight. Why? Because God knows you've been created to create. You've been created to create things through your words. And so you do. It's not prosperity doctrine, people, to have good faith. And to speak good things about your life, it's not prosperity doctrine, and it's not a slight against Job for us to say, I, "I want the best for my life. I want the best for my kids. I want the best for my relationships." That is not a wrong thing to do. We have to understand that we have to speak high and let the Lord settle everything out. Amen. Just go to the. Just go ahead and say the best that you want, and let God deal with it. And I'm saying that because I don't want you to think that I'm a prosperity doctor, but I, and I, I don't want that even to be. A, an issue but what I do want you to know is that whenever you say things and whenever you pre- you know kind of preach your own sermon to yourself. Anybody ever been there? Whenever you had to get the word out and live on that word because you didn't have enough words for yourself that is what I'm talking about. Whenever you take the word that is settled forever in heaven and you start to live on it because you don't know exactly how things are going to work out but you want to be truthful with God and you don't know tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds so you can't say well this will never work out because that might be a lie that may not be truth because god may work it out for you if you just believe him amen this will never make it well you guess what maybe with all the facts it'll never make it but i also know a man that went on a boat with a bunch of people and in his family and a bunch of animals and that that worked i mean noah was the animal whisperer i don't know what that means But he was able to do it. And then we have all kinds of stories of of Moses who's standing at a burning bush that's not consumed. I don't know if you know what fire does, but it burns stuff up. It does consume. But the reason why it didn't consume that bush is because God's eternal. And when he steps into time, he stops time. He arrests time. He stops time. So whenever you see the burning bush, normally you light a match. It takes time for it to burn out. But when God steps in and starts a fire, because he's eternal, he can burn without consuming. Amen? Amen. So that's the kind of God we serve is the God that can do things that we think cannot be done. And so I want you to understand that we have to look at the word of God and take into consideration that we don't know everything, amen? Yeah. Arguments are also angry, contentious words that can kill definitely not God of God, amen? Yeah. Bible says be angry and sin not. Just because you're angry doesn't mean you sinned. But what you do with that anger converts into a difficult situation where it can be counterproductive and become sin. Proverbs tells us another kind of talk that stirs up trouble. Without wood, without wood, a fire goes out without gossip. Without wood, of a, without wood a fire goes out without gossip and a quarrel dies down, Proverbs 26.20. In other words, stop putting gas on the fire. Stop putting wood on the fire. When you feel, feel like you have nothing, remember Grandma used to say it, if you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. That's what you should do is just close your mouth. In fact, there's places in Scripture, Sarah, Sarah talked about it when they're walking around Jericho. And the man of God said, don't say anything. Close your mouth because you have a tendency to talk yourself out of your miracle. And you don't want to do that because you'll stand on the other side and see that God could have, God would have, and was willing to give you the greatest miracles of your life if you just trust, well, I don't have any nice things or I don't have anything good to say about the situation. Then Say the word then speak the word because this is the word of life. And if you have nothing else to say, then say the word over it and trust God to do something powerful with it. Gossip is obviously handled in James 3 and 6 when it says that the tongue is set on fire. The tongue is also a fire and would... In a world of evil, I prefer to read the King James, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. That's why we encourage speaking in tongues at this church. Now, I don't know if you're of that same ilk or not, but I, I want to encourage you that when we get into the story of Emmaus in here, here in just a minute, Jesus talks about the promise of the Father, and he said it's for them. That seek him. And so when he's talking about that, he's talking about the power to overcome things. And whenever you look at the tongue in James 3, it's the vilest member of the body. So it's now it's no it's no compromise for God. And it's no no wonder that God chooses um, to use the tongue to identify the power of his spirit. So we believe in being a spirit-filled church and speaking the tongues. Amen, somebody. And uh, the reason why we believe that is because I feel like you get to places and points where you're praying you have no more words to say and maybe you've tried to pray the word and you just don't feel like it's encouraging you and the Bible says then to build yourself up in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms praying in the Holy Ghost that is speaking the tongues amen that's speaking in tongues right there that's what it's talking about in other words there is a language that heaven can give you that becomes a mediator when you don't feel like it's going to happen when you don't feel good when you don't think it may happen you can go to praying in that heavenly language and you can walk away feeling like a victor even though things may not have changed maybe you don't have different optics but you know that God is able to change it and so you just begin to pray in the spirit and seek God in the spirit and it changes your outlook Amen? amen your vision is very linked to your words it's very true and some of you need to step up to the understanding that you are a king's kid amen You are a child of God, and you have the right to ask your father for things. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. You didn't enter into a kingdom and and come into the king's quarters without being extended the scepter of grace. You, You had to be either invited, and if you ran in, it was penalty of death. But the Bible tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. In other words, God's saying, I've already made grace available for you, so you need to run to me at your what? Time of need. Not whenever you feel good, not when you think everything's going right, but in your worst moments, in your worst failures, in your worst times when you have a true need from God and nobody else can satisfy or meet that need. He said run to me. In those moments run to me. Don't be afraid of your father. He loves you and he changes everything when we run to him. Did you know that a lot of things are changed by your word? I'm reading about them right now. I'm going to take a couple of weeks on this topic but your health has actually changed your immune system is improved. Did you know that? Yep. And um, I was dealing with some of the information that I was looking at, it's a pretty groundbreaking research. Actually, Dr. Janice koch glasser and Dr. Ronald Glasser actually studied um, the immune system of couples who had been married an average of like 24 years, and comparing those um, who like argued constantly, don't raise your hand or elbow your neighbor if you're married, comparing those that argued constantly with those who resolved their differences effectively, it turns out, and I'm reading this carefully from the actual book, that arguing for decades doesn't lessen the destruction, destructive blow of constant conflict. You cannot argue your way out of conflict, in other words, is what he's saying. You have to learn how to have contradictions but deal with them carefully. He said, quite contrary, those who routinely failed their crucial conversations had far weaker immune systems. Look at that. Your body's affected by it. Immune systems than those who found a way to resolve them well. Of course, the weaker the immune system, the worse their health was. Life-threatening diseases actually showed up in some of these couples, and perhaps most revealing of all, as i play with my phone i apologize most revealing of all in perhaps the 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 study that they did was the health as a health related issue they said groups of the subject who had contracted malignant diseases melanoma they had cancers received traditional treatments and then were divided into two groups so so some of them in that in that particular group they actually had diseases that came up on their body and so what they decided to do was they were going to take those same that same group those that had those diseases and they were going to divide them into two groups and then they they took those two groups and one group met weekly for only six weeks and the other did not facilitators taught the first group the re, of recovering patients patients specific communication skills. Everyone say communication. communication. It's very important. When it's your life's when it's your life at stake, it's very important. Um, and so this crucial situation these are happening in both of these groups. They take and split the groups and they take one group and they teach them specific communication skills. After meeting only six weeks and then dispersing for five years, I want to say five years. Just want to make sure you're staying with me on this because it's very important. The subjects who learned how to express themselves effectively had a higher survival rate. They had a higher survival rate. Only 9% succumbed as opposed to almost 30% in the untrained group. Your communication is very important, and what you say in times of struggle is very important for life and death is in the tongue. Amen? Think about the implications of this study. Just a modest improvement in ability to talk and connect with others corresponds to a two-third decrease in your death rate. How many want to live longer? Learn how to pray. All right, have a have a good week. (laughs) Sermon over. That's exactly what I'm trying to say is that whenever you don't have the ability to communicate well, it will affect every part of your life. It'll affect your career. It'll affect meetings that you're in. It'll affect changes in your relationship, in your marriage, in, your, in future relationships. All these things are happening because of the, the words that are in your life. And if you can learn to speak words of life, that controls his tongue, amen, is like a strong city, the Bible says a strong city a city that cannot be conquered because of the way that we control our tongue. I have a few other scriptures, but I've run long. I'm going to run it into next week. I really want to deal more with some of these studies because I think it's going to be eye opening for you. And and I want to give you a couple of skills that you can use when you feel your personal emotions rising in moments of anger. And you know what's coming out of my mouth next is very important. It's either going to build relationship or it's going to tear down a relationship. I want to help you to have the skill sets to communicate in those moments, either the word of God or good communication skills to help you improve your life. Amen? So we're going to go through that the next couple of weeks, but I want to tell you that if you've ever been in a hard situation or a hard conversation, you know they can come up quickly. Amen? You might just be having a casual conversation with somebody in your family or you may have been this 4th of July with family members and all of a sudden the conversation comes up and throw someone's throwing a sarcastic bar because there's something in the past that never got dealt with. Have you been there before? Someone's saying stuff and you know it's linked to an old bitterness. Um, those are moments that are crucial. And how you handle what you say next can determine whether you become a good witness for the Lord and the word becomes flesh through you or whether you actually disintegrate something that could have been repaired, amen? So this is very important. To- this is a very important topic and I, and I hope to give you some real skill sets to help you if you have something coming up like a job interview or, or things that are going to improve your life, I wanna give you what the Lord says about it. But would you stand with me today as we talk and we finish on Words of Life? I think it's over. It's over discussed, but sometimes whenever we see God do great things, we don't realize that there's a lot of process to those great things. There's moments where we're in decision and we're trying to figure out what God's trying to do as he's working those things out. And there's a couple guys that were walking down the road headed to Emmaus after Jesus was crucified. And they began to discuss things and they began to talk about it in Luke 24 and they're like, how tragic. This one that was supposed to overcome the Roman government. This one that was supposed to set us free forever. And Jesus walks up next to him and he's like, what manner of communication is this? Why are you talking like this? And he said, why are you so sad? Why so sad? Their communication led to their emotion. And that's why I want to deal with communication in the next couple of weeks because sometimes we're dealing with an abundance of emotion because of the way we're communicating to ourselves, And the way that we're communicating to others is causing those abundance of emotions. And you may not be able to control everything. I'm not saying that, but God is in control. And if you will trust Him with the way we speak, and if you ask the Lord, Lord, let me this week speak words of life to somebody somewhere. Let me say a word that changes their life. Let me be the one that that speaks a kind word or, or, says, or says something that makes their heart just quicken and brings life to something they thought was dying. You can be a vessel for God. Amen. You can be an open door for God to speak words of life to somebody. And so these guys are traveling and the Bible says that they did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus begins to speak to them and he calls him foolish at one point. That's not really a good friend tactic. Hey, fool! You know it doesn't work so well. <laughs> doesn't engender good emotion. But he's like, don't you know the scriptures? They all speak of me. They're all talking about what would happen. That that there's going to be a lamb slain. And that there's going to be a great sacrifice made. And that sacrifice is going to be for you. And that whenever you have the opportunity to see that sacrifice, know and go search the scriptures and see how the prophets talked about it. And so he said, this that I'm living out is words become flesh. This is the word, the revelation revealed. I'm the image of the invisible God. I am the one who died for you. And it was all pre-planned. It was in the logos of God. It was in the word made flesh. And so I'm praying today that somebody has a word made flesh. And so Jesus walks those two men back through the scriptures and shows them all the places where the word of life revealed. And as he was walking them through the scriptures, he then blessed them. And when he blessed them, their eyes were opened and they knew that the word made flesh was standing in front of them. Because he gave them something different to think on. And when he gave them something different to think on, they said, didn't our hearts, didn't our hearts burn within us? They went from sad to impassioned, emboldened fire inside their hearts. How did they get there? Because Jesus walked them through the word that was forever settled. He gave them something different to look at. They were looking at their situation. They were looking at the fact that it was so sad that they don't have a new government and a freedom. And Jesus said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I gave you freedom on the cross. I gave you everything you need. If you just look at the right words, if you just speak the right, if you just start hearing the words of life, everything will change. And they said, didn't our hearts burn inside of us? And you feel that right now as I'm speaking you can go from a sad moment to an energized moment a, a difficult moment to a deliverance moment just because you go God is real and I'm not lost and I'm not forsaken and I will get up and if I fall seven I'll get up another time and I'm going to make it and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to see the blessings of the Lord in the land of the living all of that changes your heart And you can have a fire burning on the inside of the Holy Ghost all because of the words you speak. Amen. Let me pray over you today as we close. Thank you for your patience through the word. God, we've heard your word. As you walked on that seven and a half miles or so on the road to Emmaus, you watched as people became emotionally distraught by the words and shattered hopes that they had. If there's anyone in here that has an emotional hang-up, they have a difficulty, they have a a thing that brought them here today but last night was a very dark night for them and, and maybe they even had some tears display you know, and run down their cheeks, even maybe today. Maybe there's somebody here that's reaching for you with everything they have, but it seems like you were crucified and, and the hopes that they had were no longer there. But God, I ask right now that your word of life would seep in, that your word of life would settle in, that that would be the seed sown, that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, that that seed would be sown and begin to grow and you bring a harvest to whatever we bring to our lips i ask it in jesus name this prayer is a seed sown in everyone's life here that you will make them victors and you will put a song in their night and you will give them freedom in hard places and that they can like jane like like the, the apostle john on patmos he can say i was in the spirit on the lord's day and that he can they can say like david my cup runneth over Even if I'm in a desert place right now, I have a different cup that you provide, Jesus, and it runs over with blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen.